Can you believe we are up to episode 27? Time flies. Anyway, I've got a question. Do you believe that you're inherently tied to your genetic fate or someone that has said, it's in my genes or it's in my family? Or maybe you're just really confused by genetics altogether and you want it explained in English and not sciencey gibberish. If that's you, then stay on the line. I'm going to explain exactly what is meant by epigenetics and how the addition of this prefix epi puts you right back in control of your health journey. And you don't need to be some science genius to make sense of it all. Sound good? Let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? How are you doing? I hope you've had an awesome week. I'm super excited to get into this. I'm currently sitting here rugged up. I have my hoodie on. I've got my headphones over my hoodie. I've got a blanket. I've got the curtains closed. It's the middle of the day. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday, was the coldest day in Melbourne in 19 years. I think it was 5.7 degrees. Now, I know some of my listeners are from very cold places like Iceland and Greenland and places like that. Uh, But for me here in Melbourne, 5.7 is just painful. And I've actually never seen snow. It doesn't snow down here in Melbourne. It does in multiple places in Australia, but point is it's bloody freezing. I've also got my cup of mushroom bone broth here as well, keeping me warm, keep my hands warm while I do this episode. So anyway, let's get to it. So I'm really excited about today's episode as usual. I'm excited about all of them, but I'm incredibly passionate about explaining this because it is very widely misunderstood. That thing being the function and purpose of DNA genetics and epigenetics. In most of the labs I've worked in, the majority of the work I've done has been in molecular biology and more specifically working with DNA. And this was also a large part of my the majors that I had at at university. So now that I'm out in the world and working in this space, I find that most people just sort of zone out with the genetics conversation because beyond the idea that they have them in their body and that there is nothing they can do about them, there isn't much more that the average Joe Blow needs to know. But I want to stop you right there because that in itself is already an inaccurate belief and you're essentially surrendering your health to fate, if you like, uh, by sort of having that outlook on the situation. So, I'll get into why in a little bit, and at the end, I'll let you know exactly what you can do to possess some level of control over your genes and thus your health outcomes. Quick disclaimer, of course, for my medical listeners out there, this is an overly simplified explanation, but my aim is that this explanation is a functional one, meaning that I want you to be able to, number one, understand the bits that are important to you, and two, able to implement the right behaviors without any confusion. Alrighty, let's get into it. So, first I want to explain the difference between DNA, genes and genetic information and epigenetics. So, just a quick one, genes and genetic information in the context of this uh, podcast are going to be sort of interchangeable, They're the same kind of thing. So, DNA 1, genes and genetic information 2, epigenetics 3. So, I'm going to explain this using an IKEA example. Have you ever been to IKEA? Or I've got a lot of American listeners, so I'm going to guess you have Home Depot or Home Depot, we would pronounce it in Australia, but Home Depot or anywhere that you will get flat-packed furniture, okay, where you get your furniture and it's in boxes and you need to build it at home. So, in Australia or in Melbourne at least, the most common place that you would get that from is IKEA, okay? So, I'm going to use this example. So, 
I've done this a bunch of times at live events using this example and a lot of people have come up to me afterwards saying that it just made so much sense when I use this particular example. So let's see how we go on the podcast without any visual cues. So I'm sure everyone's been shopping for furniture. So that's a good starting place. So start with number one, DNA. So let's talk about a bed. Okay, so you've got a flat packed bed, it comes in boxes, it's wrapped up in its individual parts, and they serve no function whatsoever. Okay, you've just bought a bed, but it's in boxes and it's in multiple boxes. It serves no function as a bed. Okay, that makes sense. So the DNA is essentially the parts of the bed. Okay, the parts of the information, but they're useless if they're not built. Okay, the genes or genetic information are the constructed parts, the constructed DNA that's put together. So in this case, the bed has been built. You've gone home and you've built the bed. You've figured out that the instructions that are in all the languages that are not yours, (laughs) um, you've worked your way through it and you've got a few screws left over at the end, but you've managed to put it all together. So this is, this is you putting the DNA together and creating genetic information. And in this context, the genetic information is that it is a bed. It looks like a bed. It functions as a bed. It's a bed. And now this bed is there. You can do whatever you like with it, okay? So that's when we step into epigenetics. So epigenetics is what actually happens to the bed, okay? It is how the bed is actually used or not used. It could just sit there in in the corner. You could have it in your spare room and the bed is never used, Or you could sleep in it every night, you could have sex in it, you could jump on the bed, kids could jump on the bed, kids could break the bed, you could break the bed, you could never ever touch the bed. The point is, epigenetics is how you interact with the bed, okay? So DNA is the parts of the bed, genes and genetic information is the bed constructed, epigenetics is the way that you utilize the bed. And remember, that's if you utilize it. The genetic information can sit there, but you might never use that bed, okay? Does this make sense, all right? So, these are the three major areas that I want you to understand. DNA, genetic information, and epigenetics. And the important one for you is epigenetics. So, the question here is, are these in my control? DNA? Not really in the context of this podcast, not really. So you're given your DNA when you're born and most of that is evolutionary inheritance and most of that is the same between humans and we're obviously extremely similar to chimpanzees as well. But most of the DNA that you've got is in your body. Little bits of it change here and there across your life and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But DNA, you don't really have control of. Genetic information, Again, no, not really. Your genes are what they are. They are encoded and the coding can change based on information that you put into your cells. But generally, you don't have a control over the genes that exist in your body as they stand. Okay? That's like saying, do I have control of the bed that you just constructed? No, you don't. The bed just exists. Okay? It is in the room. Epigenetics. Can you control the environment that your genes are exposed to? Can you control what you do to the bed? Of course you can, absolutely. And it's exactly the same for the genes in your body. The epigenetics. Can you control what you do to your genes? Yes, you can. Now, let me break this down for you. The human body. Okay, so I'm going to go from big to small. The human body is made up of body systems. Okay, and those body systems are made up of organs. And those organs are made up of fluids that run in and out of those organs. And those fluids are made up of cells that make up the entire body. And inside, those cells are made up of organelles that are the little different parts of the cells that make it function. 
and then the molecules that are being shunted in and out of the cells, and then the smallest component, which is the elements, the ones that you might find on the periodic table, that make up those individual molecules. Okay, so how do you think we can influence or create the environment in our cells which make up the entire body? Of course, it depends what we put into the body that dictates this, both mentally and physically. So a lot of people are probably thinking about their physical reality right now, but this is mental as well. This is the information that goes in through our eyes and our ears also because that produces an emotional response, which is inside the body system. So that has an impact, okay? So for instance, I want to give you some examples to sort of make sense of this. It's a little bit like... Uh, this may, might not be the case for some city people, but it's like mowing the lawns or maybe even a car, actually, maybe even a car. So, think about your, your most cars take unleaded petrol, at least over here, that's what we call it in Australia. I'm not sure. Gas, you call it gas in the US. But the so, there's different types of unleaded petrol and there's different types of fuel like diesel. So, in many instances, not all, this is just an example, but you can actually put unleaded or diesel into a into the opposite car that it should not go in. So say you put you've got an unleaded car and you put diesel in it or with a lawnmower, say you've got a two-stroke lawnmower, which is a type of fuel, and you put four-stroke in, in many cases the engine will actually run, but it will cough and splutter and it will not be performing to optimal standards by far. And in many instances, it will drastically shorten the life of that engine and it will conk out and be be da- permanently damaged, okay? So That's how I want you to think about how you can change the environment in your body. So, let's apply that same logic to the human body. And of course, with the cars and the engines, when you put the right fuel in, it runs as it should. Okay, so applying that to the human body. So, when you get stressed, that turns a bunch of genes on, okay? Your heart rate goes up, your stress hormones go up, and how how does your body produce these hormones? The stress enters the cell. And it encodes, it tells the genetic information to produce more of these stress responses. So you've just unlocked a bunch of stress genes, okay? Or like vitamin D. So when you go out in the sun, you your body turns on over 200 different genes involved in immune function, involved in metabolism, in, involved in hormone synthesis. But if you don't go into the sun, those 200 genes are not turned on. Same with different foods. You put different foods into your body, they down or upregulate genes. What does that mean? It means they turn some on and they turn some off. Different drugs are created purposely to have these genetic impacts on your cells so that they're artificially turning genes on and off. So they produce so that then the genes produce the molecules and the proteins that the body is unable to at that particular time. And those those things are then shunted in and out of the cell, moved around the body into the body fluids, into the correct organs, and you know, they repair or optimize the human body. And everything, every single thing we do to our body is transforming the body for better or for worse. The environment in our body means the epigenetic reality is what comes as a result of whichever microenvironment we create and expose our genes to. And on that point, I just want to clarify the word environment. Many people hear the word environment and they think bushland, jungle, trees, they think outside. They think outside in the wilderness. But when I say environment, environment is anything that you're exposed to. Inside your body is an environment. Inside your cells is called the microenvironment. So, anything that your body has any capacity to be interacting with is the environment, both outside, inside, in your body. So, just to clarify that word. So, 
Now that we know the environment is the thing that we create inside our body that turns genes on and off, how do you think we can then get all the way down to the cellular level to put good fuel into the cells to turn the good genes on and create the molecules that benefit the body? So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you'll receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. There are two major categories, but I'm guessing that you've probably figured out one of them because you hear me bang on about it all the time on the show. Whole real food is number one. Eating the food that contains the intended molecules and bits and pieces that the human body is already designed to utilize. And what do I mean by already designed to utilize? I mean that the humans have evolved to eat plants, to eat animals and meat, to eat animal proteins and fruits and vegetables and nuts and grains for over 40,000 years. Actually, over it's been hundreds of thousands of years that's, about, that's been the diet. And therefore, the genetic information that we have in our bodies has evolved to contain all the correct parts that require that are required for metabolism of these types of foods. So, when these foods are introduced to our body, our body recognizes them because our genes are waiting for that food to come in. It knows that's what we've eaten for all of human history and the body slowly over generations and generations optimized for these food sources to come in. So that means when they come in as intended, our genes are waiting to, for these to come in that they can they can do all the right things. And because that they're they're so deeply ingrained in our evolution, they're not treated as a toxin. So they're pretty much completely optimizing the human body. The body doesn't recognize any of these things as toxic, so it's not a burden on the system, okay? Obviously, infections and different things can come in, particularly on animal products, but that's we'll talk about that on another day. But most of the meat we have access to these days, and obviously for all of human history, is favorable, okay? Otherwise, we wouldn't have lasted this long. The second major thing that you have control of is what I like to categorize as information. Okay. And I mean non biological information in this context. So, what am I talking about? I'm like things that come through our eyes and our ears and our sense of touch. Okay. And information that we process as emotions. Okay. So, it's, it's kind of like this, you know, Tony Robbins says you're the average of your five best friends. If you're around five people, 
that are talking shit and saying negative things and saying they hate you or you're in a traumatic relationship or you've been in, had a traumatic upbringing and you continue hearing negative things, this creates a stress response in the, in the body. And actually, there was a podcast that I did with Ethan Donati. He's a neuromarketer, so that's marketing with neuroscience. And he talks about the fact that our body genetically records trauma. Is that benefiting the body? Of course it isn't. So, the second category that you have is information. And once you're an adult, once you're free of the traumas that you were exposed to in a time when you had no control, you can now do things to put the right information in, okay, and sort of detoxify from the bad information. So, your emotions might as well pretty much be an injection or a pill because they are a cocktail hormone and you can you could you could essentially take these like any other medicine but it's just you know you can be scared or have a fright or be in a fearful situation you get this shot of different hormones through your body and i'm talking obviously you know in this context the negative ones but how are they counteracted with positive ones okay with positive emotions and you're completely in control of that and and don't forget these hormone cocktails they're just full of molecules And what are our body full of? What is everything made up of? Molecules. So the molecules that go through your bloodstream and are absorbed by your cells that go, you know, they go inside your cells and turn genes on and off. Therefore, if you're sad, depressed, and stressed all of the time, the epigenetic outcome is likely to be far less favorable. Okay. Just like somebody that lives on a diet of pizza, beer, or ice cream, physically, their genetic outcome is going to, their epigenetic reality is really bad. And so their genetic information is probably going to be scrambled. Okay. And it's the same with emotions. So how can you change that? You obviously need to start putting the right information in. You need to start thinking positively. You need to start, you know, acting in ways that contribute to positive feelings because putting positive hormone cocktails into your bloodstream is going to be far more beneficial and reduce the amount of stress that's happening in your body. Now, of course, there's going to be a small subset of people that have the wrong group of genes set in stone from day one, but this is such a small part of the population. It's tiny. And I'm going to use one particular... um, I'm going to use one particular example. Now, remember, many people have predispositions in their DNA, like they're predisposed to different things. All that means is that you're more susceptible to somebody else. Doesn't mean it's going to happen at all. There's no guarantee whatsoever. Okay. You might, you know, a hundred people might be more susceptible in a room, might be more susceptible to AIDS. But if you're never exposed to the AIDS virus, it doesn't matter. So it comes back to the bed example in epigenetics. Just because the bed is there doesn't mean the epigenetic reality is that somebody will sleep in it. Does that make sense? Okay, so I want to use this widely familiar example of the BRCA1 gene, which is in for women, of course, uh, and it's linked with breast cancer. So, why does, firstly, why do so many people have it? Well, we're all humans. A lot of our genetic code is evolutionary information, but it does not inherently mean you're destined to get cancer. And I'm going to read a few excerpts from the WHO website. So, the World Health Organization website, arguably the world's leading body on health advice and information about disease. And I'm going to specifically read from their cancer page um, because the media is probably making you feel like you're destined to get cancer because the numbers are becoming so horrific, but they really have no clue how to use the correct molecular descriptions to allow people to understand, which is the whole point of, well, this episode and this podcast in general, okay? So, I want to, I want you to leave here having understood what's going on. So, I'm going to read these direct quotes from the website, okay, on, on cancer to help you understand. So, 
Here we go. The changes which a cell undergoes in the process of malignant transformation is a reflection of the sequential acquisition of these genetic alterations. These multi-step processes are not an abrupt transition from normal to malignant, but many take over 20 years or more. The mutation of critical genes, including suppressor genes, oncogenes, and genes involved in DNA repair, lead to genetic instability and to progressive loss of differentiation. So, in, in a bit more English, what did that say? That said that it takes, one, 20 years or more, and it is not an abrupt transition. This slowly goes wrong over many, many years because of the things that go into the cells, these, the, the things that are happening to the cells, the, the little genetic alterations that are occurring. And in the next paragraph I'm going to read, it explains why these genetic alterations happen over, the, over this period of time. You ready? Quote number two. Studies have shown that the primary determinants of most cancers are lifestyle factors such as tobacco, dietary and exercise habits, environmental carcinogens and infectious agents rather than inherited genetic factors. In fact, the proportion of cancers caused by high penetrance genes is low, about less than 5% for breast cancer and less for most other cancer types. So, what did that one say? That one told us that it is a tiny percent of people that are genetic victims of cancer. It's only, it's only 5% at the most in uh, breast cancer. And all other cancers are, are much less than this. So what does that say? 95% of people minimum are you know, contributing to their own genetic problems by living toxic lifestyles, okay? And I've got another one here for anybody listening that is a bit more, wants to understand a bit more on the BRCA1 thing. You ready? Inherited mutations of the BRCA1 gene account for a small proportion of all breast cancers. Identification of a germline mutation by genetic testing allows for preventative measures, clinical management, and counseling. Since the prevalence of germline mutations such as BRCA1 is very low in most societies, the introduction of mass screening to identify people at risk to develop cancer is not recommended. So, that last one on BRCA1. Interesting that the World Health Organization say that uh, widespread testing is not recommended, even though at least here in Australia, it kind of is encouraged and probably in America as well. Now, this is a conversation for another day, but, you know, lots of women lining up to pay for that type of procedure. Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a, you know, big pharma trying to make some money kind of scenario. That's not to say that the system doesn't benefit people, but just a speculation given that the WHO recommend that uh, mass screening is not recommended. Anyway, moving on. So, I use those examples to explain that genetic problems, specifically in cancer, are created by your, what you do to your body, created by the epigenetic environment. I use this single example of cancer, which is largely considered the most catastrophic disease on the planet and you know, mainly due to its social prevalence. We feel like everyone feels like they know somebody that has cancer. Um, and not just that, the social impact that everybody feels like they're kind of just waiting to be diagnosed. Specifically, um, I use this specifically to show you that you are not destined for cancer genetically and you're in control of it. So, does this make sense? Do you understand that you are very rarely ever a victim of your genes or your genetic inheritance? Okay, 
It's not the case. And predisposition doesn't mean a great deal if you live a healthy diet and lifestyle. Just as the WHO said, the main contributor happens over 20 years of small genetic changes that are a result of living these toxic lifestyle, bad diet, smoking, bad exercise habits, you know, high stress lives. These are all creating the epigenetic environment or say the room where your bed is that you built. It's like filling the bed with you know, things that aren't meant to go in a bed. Like, you know, it's the spare room. You've just full, it's full of junk. The genes are not being used correctly. The bed's not being used correctly. And therefore, what happens? The bed might break too much weight on it. Okay. It's just an example. So remember, your genes are not your destiny. They're your responsibility. And every time you eat, ask yourself, am I improving my epigenetic environment? And if you have a negative emotional experience or you're exposed to poor information, ask yourself, What can I do to counteract the impact of that exposure? Some ideas might include hypnosis, meditation, date night, kissing, hugging, sex, going on a holiday, having some time out, turning your phone off for a while, creating better daily habits. And the most powerful and most researched ones are meditation and hypnosis. And they should be in everybody's daily practice. Absolutely should be. I strongly believe that they have a very positive impact on your epigenetic environment. Okay? So, you, and you might even reflect on your life up until now and think, well, maybe I'm just fucked because I've had such a shitty life or, I've, you know, or things have been so bad or, or it was so, you know, these programs that I'm living out in my life were created when I was younger. So, I'm destined for a life of negativity or unfortunate reality or disease or illness. But the reality is, I assure you, you are not a victim of this situation. Simply start acting today, one baby step at a time because you're either feeding disease or you're fighting it. It's one or the other. All right, so that's pretty much it for today's show. I appreciate you guys jumping on. Remember, DNA, flat-packed furniture, genes or genetic information is the built furniture sitting in the room, and the epigenetics is how you use that furniture, and you have complete control over how you use the genes in your body by creating the right epigenetic environment. Does this make sense? I certainly hope it does. If you have any questions, as usual, hit me up on Instagram or email me, podcast at maddielansdown.com. All right, that wraps up today's episode. So thank you, as always, for being here. If you enjoyed this app or you learned something or you know someone that will benefit, please take a screenshot and share it with a friend. Or, of course, please share it into your Instagram story and tag me at Maddie Lansdown. That's the most organic way to help the podcast grow. And the more people we can help, change their lives and change their health, then absolutely the better. And when you do get a chance, and when you do get a chance, please give this a five star rating on the app that that you use and also a couple of sentences of review as sharing your opinion on the show is super powerful when other people come to check it out. Alrighty, guys. Thanks. I hope you have a good week and stay warm because it's freezing here in Melbourne. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode.
Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.